Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in episode 62 of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcasting YouTube show and our first full episode from our new palatial, gorgeous, built out studio right inside of what happens to be my wife's boutique here in Harlem. We don't have the infrastructure yet for you to be, to be able to do like a live show. But if you walk by Linux between 119th and 120th, we'll at least wave to you if we're not <laughs> if we're not recording at the time. So we have done 62 of these shows, 45 regular shows, 17 NBA player or greatest 50 player countdown shows. We are now into football season. Yep. We're going to be back on three shows a week. We'll talk more about what that third show every week is going to look like in just a moment. But before we get to DeMonte, before we get to today's show from our brand new kick-ass studio, let's start the show the way we always do by discussing what we are not actually discussing. Here's what did not make the cut for today's show. Geno Smith winning the worst quarterback battle ever. Anyone that's ever seen Drew Locke play dating back to when he was playing in high school in Kansas City knew he wasn't going to be an NFL starting quarterback. Mickey Mantlecard sells for 12.6 million dollars. You know why that made me feel good? Because it wasn't, it was an actual old school cardboard baseball card, not an NFT selling for 10 million. <laughs> no, it's something you can actually hold. And Aroldis Chapman. Goes to the IL after a reaction to a bad tattoo. How about that? You've never had a medical reaction to a bad tattoo. You've maybe had an emotional reaction oh, to a geez. bad tattoo. I'm sorry, Demonte. <laughs> I feel good this morning. You're going to bust your balls a bit. All right, Demonte, where are we starting with? Oh, we are starting with my boy, Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. Who went on his podcast and basically said that Giannis doesn't know how to be a great basketball player yet. Yeah. Says that he doesn't know how to train his body, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And to double down, Phil Handy, Lakers assistant, agreed with him. Uh, defend this, or I don't want to say defend this. Giannis is also a two-time MVP, one-time MVP in the finals in 2021. Uh, but is this the most egregious basketball take during this offseason? Or take period, not even basketball. Okay, take, so here's the thing. I And you had a great tweet about this, by the way. So shout out to you on that. Uh, and speaking yes, of sir? Twitter, remember how we had this contest about who was going to get to 5,000 or 500,000 first? I do. I'm not even at 496 yet. I like, I think that that bet cursed me. I have gained no followers since then. It was a terrible bet. Okay, now to the actual content of the show. A really weird thing happens with other basketball players and Giannis. And I flagged this two years ago. 
Because something would happen where if Steph was going off or if Harden was going off or if Durant or LeBron, any of the truly great players were having an all-time night, what you would see is other great players chime in on Twitter about it. And Giannis never got that from anyone. Right. And one could argue, well, it was because people hadn't seen him perform at the highest level, at the highest stage. Right. Three championship. It wasn't just that he hadn't won a title. It was that similar to James Harden, by the way. He seemed to get a little worse in the postseason. Harden gets a lot worse. Right. Harden, Giannis got a little worse. But then when, at, the fact that people are still saying these things, after an NBA championship where Giannis averaged 35-13-6, and six, Gilbert was part of his argument was that Giannis didn't play enough minutes. Thirty-eight, yeah, that he was thirty-eight minutes. That he, you know, you got to play thirty-eight. You got to play forty minutes. Giannis is playing. Giannis is playing thirty-two minutes. He was, and by the way, that was a criticism of mine, not of Giannis, but of his coach that he wouldn't let him play big enough minutes. But then, what happened in those NBA Finals? In those NBA Finals, coming off what looked like a catastrophic knee injury. What was Giannis doing? Oh, he was playing forty plus minutes per game. Uh, I'll, I'll pull up what he, how many minutes he averaged in just a moment. It was it, it. It should have answered all of the possible Giannis questions, and then he won the championship with a fifty point game. Right, but it didn't answer all the possible Giannis questions. So the and listen, Gilbert's a goofball. He's funny. He's interesting at times, but a goofball. So. Why, so to me, the most interesting part of this is why do people still make this case about Giannis? Despite, for, and by the way, it wasn't just the finals. We saw him in these NBA playoffs without Chris Middleton in games five and six against Boston, go 40 and 11, and then game six to beat Boston. They didn't beat Boston, but to beat Boston, so went 44 and 20 with six assists. So why do people still say it? People refuse to recognize what Giannis is. And instead, they try to make him what he isn't. So people look at Giannis, and they want him to be a traditional wing. And they're like, why don't you have the skill set of the traditional wing? What they misunderstand is what Giannis is, is the next generational Shaq. What they misunderstand is, is that Giannis is not a traditional wing. He is the futuristic center. He is, has the size, the power, and the strength of a center who also can do other things, can bring the ball up, can hit the occasional three-pointer. They're looking at him through the prism of, he is the modern wing. And in the prism of the modern wing... I don't know how the hell you're looking at Giannis as a modern wing. Well, I, well, it's the only justification or explanation for this criticism he gets. Right. Because nobody criticized Shaq about this shit. Nobody. And they would have seemed ridiculous if they were like, why doesn't Shaq have a pull-up jump shot? <laughs> right. <laughs> but because Giannis... They, they don't, they're looking at him through the wrong prism. And you brought up yesterday when we were talking about this, uh, just sitting on the couch, that how much of the criticism of Giannis has to do with the fact that he's a foreign guy, right. that he's not in these NBA cliques like some of these other guys. I think that's a piece of it. But I think more than that, it is a misunderstanding of 
the player that he is. He is the futuristic Shaquille O'Neal who can absolutely destroy you and only make shots within six feet. Everything he does from there out is a bonus. Right. Now, if the team wasn't able to win because teams just sagged off him and dared him to shoot, then that would be a hole in his game. But they won the title a year ago, and I believe would have won the title this year if their second-best player doesn't get hurt. Even with their second-best player getting hurt, they go seven against Boston. And Giannis in that series that they lost, by the way, what did he average? Oh, I'm sorry. 34 and 15 with seven assists. Right. They lost a series. He averaged 34, 15, seven assists and played 40 minutes per game. One other thing, and this is where I will just always disagree with a certain type of former NBA player. And there's also a fans that think like this, but I'm more interested in the NBA players. Guys that, and I think this Gilbert applies here. Despite all their success, despite what great players they were, don't actually understand the objective. The objective is to score as many points as you can and prevent the other team from scoring as many points as they can. It's very, very basic. Giannis is top three every year in scoring, top three every year in efficiency. So as an offensive player, he's as good as anybody in the league. Now, he doesn't do it as prettily, prettily, as pretty as other guys in the league. Right. And as a defensive player, he's the best defensive player in the league by a mile and way better than the other guys who are, are they the best player in basketball? He's a way better defender than KD, than Steph, than Jokic, than LeBron. So he he is the only un, way better than Luka defensively, obviously. His game should be unimpeachable, but because his bag isn't that big and because it's not as pretty as, like, I think Gilbert would take a polygraph and say Kyrie Irving is a better basketball player than Giannis, even though Giannis scores more, does it more efficiently, and is 100 times the defender and 100 times the leader. I think it is a fundamental misunderstanding of what the goal of the game is is people okay. are failing to come around to Giannis. Well, it's unbelievable that there's still that it's still happening. All right, what's next? Uh, we got Tom Brady. The GOAT took some time off during this preseason with some personal issues. Yeah. Uh, he says, quote unquote, I'm 45. There's a lot of going on. I didn't yeah. mean to say the S word. No, that's but, what it, that was the exact quote. That's yeah. Fine. And he, he also says he's ready to go. And a player like Tom Brady or of Tom Brady's caliber, you just automatically think he's going to be ready to go. But do you think he's a guy that's ready to win a Super Bowl? No, listen, we're going to have the gambling show. Uh, that's going to be our third show of the week. Every week is going to be a football gambling show. Right. That's going to come out, uh, I think, this Friday, Thursday or Friday. I'm not sure which. Yep. What you're going to see on there is that I'm going to fade the Bucks considerably. Okay. Fade means go against yeah. them, not gambling. And Brady, this Brady press conference was legit concerning to me because – I've never you and you guys know I didn't kill him for the time off. I could have. The dude went and got plastic but, surgery. Oh, okay. All right. Well, good, listen, sorry. the guy does look like he's had some fillers. That's fine. I you know what? His body, his choice. Right. I'm not 100%. gonna knock him for that. I don't think that's where he was, though. <laughs> I don't think he was out getting plastic surgery. But when I said I wasn't going to attack Tom Brady for taking the time off, 
I, I gave the reasons for it on the previous episode. If people want to hear it, they can. But I was operating under the assumption Brady was going to come back the way a lot of us come back after a vacation, rejuvenated, refreshed, excited, ready to go. Brady seemed despondent. Brady seemed like a guy who wanted to keep playing football, but didn't want to keep playing football where he was. He seemed like a guy who thought, at this phase of my career, I'm going to be somewhere else. And we know that at this phase of his career, he thought he was going to be somewhere else. And I think Brady knows that team, knows that locker room, knows that new coaching staff. Right. And if he thought that that was a Super Bowl caliber team, he would be far more excited than he appears to be. He wouldn't be taking this time off and then seeming upset when he got back. You don't think it's more of like, you know, this is like the usual for Tom Brady. Like, it's just like excited to win another Super Bowl. Yay. Like he's won what? How many already? Seven. But no, because I, it was, I've never seen Brady. I've seen Brady happy. I've seen Brady withdrawn. I've seen Brady angry. I've seen Brady all these things. I've never seen Brady nonchalant. I it wasn't even nonchalant. It was it was like he was stuck. And again, I maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it was alarming to me. The the two week absence and then him him saying 45 years old Got a lot of shit going on. It was very odd. It all it, it would have if Brady were, you know how LeBron is a few months away from breaking Kareem's record. Right. Let's say there were an NFL record like that, that Brady was that close to eclipsing. I would have seen that pressing him. So I would have said, Oh, he doesn't even want to play this year. But he's so close to an all-time record right. that he's just he wants to do it. Right. That's not the case. Brady has all of the records. 100%. And he retired and then chose to come back. So, yeah, the the short version of this is I am super fading the Bucs because I think Brady is fading the Bucs, whether he knows it or not. All right, next. All right, you've been super high on Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance this offseason. Yeah. You were also high on the Chicago Bears. Justin yeah. Fields has looked very amazing, and he threw for three touchdowns in the last preseason He looked game. great in the last preseason game, that's yep. for sure. And by the so by the end of the year, how do you think we'll rank the five second year quarterbacks between Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, and Mac Jones? Okay. So these are two different. I'm going to answer two different things. I'm going to I'm going to rank the five as far as the year I think they will have. Okay. And then I'm going to rank the five as to how I think they will be looked at moving forward. Okay. So I think Trey Lance will have the best year. I think Trevor Lawrence will have the next best year. I think Mac Jones will be third. I think Justin Fields will be fourth. And I think Zach Wilson, who's already hurt, will be fifth. Right. That's as far as if you just look at their end-of-year quarterback rating, touchdowns, yardage, I think it will go Fields, Lawrence, Jones. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. Apologies. I think it will go go number one, Lance, Lawrence, Jones, Fields, Wilson. That, that that's what you think is that's coming. what I think is coming. Right. After the year, how will they be looked at as far as if we did a redraft? 
I still think Lawrence will be one. I think Lawrence will be the best of this class. I think Lance will be two. I think Fields will be three. I think Mac Jones will be four. And I think Zach Wilson will be five. I think that because of the offensive line and receiver issues, I think Justin Fields is going to have real issue, uh, you know, trouble having a monster statistical year, but I think it will show flashes enough to where he jumps above Mac Jones in the hierarchy. I think oh. Trey Lance is going to have a better year than Trevor Lawrence, but I think Lawrence is going to have a good enough year with the overall talent that he has around him that people are going to say, okay, he's the best. But I think there are two future Pro Bowl star-level quarterbacks of these five. I think it is Lawrence, and I think it is Lance. I think Mac Jones' ceiling is mediocre. Justin Fields might be screwed by the franchise. You're right. I did have in my way-too-early preseason predictions Chicago being right. really good, but that's why they're way-too-early preseason predictions. The <laughs> actual season predictions, we're not going to be that high on Chicago. Okay. Uh, and I think Zach Wilson's probably screwed. Okay. He's hurt already. He plays for the Jets. I don't like it. All right, last. He's tragic. All right, so Aaron Rodgers went on Joe Rogan's podcast this weekend. Yeah, of course. Talked about playing playing games on painkillers like a Percocet and misleading about his vaccine status. Yeah. Blames the media for not asking follow-ups after he claimed that he was, quote-unquote, immunized. Immunized. Immu immunized. Immunized. There you go. Um, But, all right, so if Kyrie said something like this, It'd obviously be the talk of the town, and we talk about it forever. Uh -huh. But why is Aaron Rodgers able to say stuff like this and get away with it? So here's the thing. I don't think he really is. I think we just already filled up our cup on the Aaron Rodgers vaccine talk. Okay. So I think that these topics have a shelf life, depending on how juicy they are, of a certain number of days and hours discussed. And we did so much of Aaron Rodgers' vaccine stuff when he was missing the Chiefs game in that moment, that I think people are now sick of it. Right. So I don't think it's a double standard Aaron and Kyrie. I think Aaron caught a lot of shit. I just think people are now tired of it. I, however, am not quite tired of it, and I will discuss it for a moment. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. First thing, I want to make this very clear. He claims he's allergic to the vaccine. That's why he didn't get it. That the Pfizer and Moderna stuff has an ingredient that he's allergic to. Wow. I don't believe him. I wonder what doctor he paid to put that on paper, oh, okay. man. I, That's I awesome. I flatly don't believe him. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Now, about 2% of the public has an, quote, allergic reaction to the vaccine. But that includes if it gets super itchy, if, it, if the, for me at least, it was the second shot I got was sore for a week. Days, right? Yeah. And so the I, I was looking it I was looking it up this morning. Uh because I knew we were going to talk about this. All right. Then there is a severe allergic reactions. Okay. Severe allergic reactions are even they're like 0.3% of the public. And that itself still is not necessarily as dire as it sounds. Anaphylaxis is what you really have to worry about, okay? Which is a life-threatening allergic reaction, all right? That was 0.02%, okay? So 2% is 2 in 100. 0.2% is 2 in 1,000. 0.02% is 2 in 10,000. So in other words, 1 in 5,000. 
Do I believe Aaron Rodgers that he was in that category? I don't. Okay. So he lied to us about other stuff, admitted he lied to us, he said, admitted he was being intentionally, he was obfuscating intentionally and being misleading. So I don't believe him. That's first of all. Second of all, it's a really hard time, and I have applauded him on the ayahuasca stuff, but it's a very hard time convincing me that you are, my body is a temple. I'm not going to put anything in me that could possibly have some ramifications that I'm unprepared for. I'm going to fly to Peru and smoke ayahuasca because that is a live wire, my friend. Now, you can say, oh, it's natural. A lot of things are natural. Right. Peanuts are natural. They kill people. Right. So the idea that, it, so I just don't buy that. But my bigger issue always with Aaron was not with the lying, was not with the not getting vaccinated. It was, and this is what I wish Rogan had talked to him about, because he claims he truly believed he was immunized. Not vaccinated, but immunized. He believed he in his research, it's immune. No, oh. had found a way to become immunized by like, if you listen to Rogan, whatever his process was, whatever it was, I don't care if it was take three aspirin and chug a gallon of milk. I don't care if it was smoke a carton of Marlboros. I don't care if it was a spoon with someone who's two weeks removed from the virus, whatever the process was. If you truly believe you have found you, Aaron Rodgers, in addition to being defending league MVP, have discovered an immunity to COVID. Put us on. Put us on. <laughs> How many f***ing people do you know that are afraid of the shot? You couldn't be like, hey, I have a big platform, America. I also didn't want to get the shot. Guess what, though? I figured it out. Dr. Fauci, you can't throw a football. I can do your job and throw a football. Eat that. It's just so ridiculous. Oh. It's just so outrageous. It To me, bringing up Kyrie, it's the same bucket of Kyrie wants to be a voice for the voiceless, but wouldn't talk about anything. If Kyrie really was, I am so angry that the New York City public workers got fired for not getting vaccinated. I am going to take a stand. I maybe would listen to it. I at least would be open to it. But you can't convince me that's your that's why you're doing this if you then never talk about it. Right. If you truly believe you have discovered a natural immunity to a pandemic that has claimed the lives at last count of over one million Americans, the vast majority of whom post vaccine were unvaccinated Americans. Share the secret, bro. That's been my issue with Aaron about this the entire time. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright? Episode number 63 is our second segment. Oh, I know where we're starting this one, because yep. you know what started on Monday. Oh, you know, not only is it one of the four tennis majors of the year, but okay. it's the one right here in our backyard. In Flushing, Queens. Oh, really? Short tra- I'm sorry, guys. Didn't know the U.S. Open was in Flushing. That's why you're asking for the tickets. I thought you were going to go to, like, England or something. Okay. This is not a rousing start to Nick's Tennis Corner. But that's all right. I'm not going to let you bring me down. Nick's Tennis Corner, w- w- let's go. We are back yes. with Nick's Tennis Corner. Yeah. My favorite. Uh, U.S. Open kicked off on Monday and will run through September 11th. No Novak Djokovic, and it's Serena's last U.S. Open. Yeah. Could Serena shock us all and go for one last run? No. No, straight like that. Serena can't win it. However, Serena and Venus were late entries on the women's doubles side, and they could win that. Okay. I'm not going to act like I've scouted the women's doubles, you know what I mean, history. (laughs) What I do know is the two of them have played in finals 14 times as doubles partners. They are 14 and up. And what that also means is Serena might get two U.S. Open farewells, which is dope. Yeah. Because if she gets knocked out in the single side, listen, the single side, if you want, like, Halep is not the betting favorite. She's the second favorite. Uh. I, I The favorite is the lady named Swiatek, Swatek. I might be saying it wrong. I apologize. Coco Golf has a chance. That'd be super dope. I would love to see Naomi Osaka uh, have another great U.S. Open moment after she's kind of dealt with some things. Right. The, the smart money is probably on Halep. I actually watched Simona Halep in her, as the number one seed in her first or second match against an unranked player at the U.S. Open a few years ago. Watched her lose uh, in person. And seemingly nobody was there because it was a women's match on the against the a qualifier. Tennis but but how well. no, Demonze. Sorry, there's going to be hundred plus thousand people that go to the U.S. Open this week, right? Because basketball you're, season isn't going on. You're gonna be one of them. Okay. You're going with me at least one day, maybe multiple days this week. And then in the next week, we'll see. Next week, the tickets get a little pricier, so I'm not sure I'm going to spend them on someone like you that can't necessarily appreciate it. But Serena can't win it. It would be amazing if she did, but she can't. It's unfortunate she can't. She could win doubles with her sister. I'm excited to see that. On the men's side of things, I don't want to spend more time talking back stuff. I do think it is... Listen, I think Djokovic is being a doofus and refusing to get vaccinated and costing himself part of his tennis legacy as he's trying to surpass Nadal or Federer, depending on who you look at as the greatest player ever. He's costing himself tournaments. I also think it does not cause 
a public health issue if the U.S. government were to make one-off exceptions for elite performers in individual fields to briefly come into the country. Like, I do think that that, I I do think that it's kind of crazy that he can't, just like I think it's kind of crazy the Canada wouldn't let the unvaxxed American baseball players in. I do think if it's a temporary thing for a someone that is going to generate in or generate, you know, income or some type of revenue for the city that he's going to, yeah. you can make an exception. I don't think it's going to cause an outbreak. But like, what about? I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. I'm, I'm not even gonna. This is like such a. Go ahead. I mean, aren't all of us the citizens? This is gonna. I'm not trying to get like that, but aren't all of us the citizens bringing in some type of money to to America? Yeah, sure. But it's money. But we live here. So we were going to be generating it either way. 100%. He, Novak Djokovic, one of the greatest tennis players ever. I don't look at him as like, oh, you let him in. All of a sudden, we're going to have a fifth wave. Right. So I, I understand their opinion is this is just the rule. If you're if you're not an American citizen, you can't come into the country unless you're showing you're vaccinated. I think they can make exceptions to it. Set that aside. Because he's not in there, the biggest winner is Medvedev, who might end up winning a, the tournament. I am going to be rooting for Nadal. You and you became a bit of a Nadal fan. Nadal's the guy that does the thing behind his ear every time. Yes, yeah. and he's the like guy Nadal. who we watched play that match hurt and yes. then couldn't play the next one. Yes, Kyrgios, who you like because he's insane. He has a chance. Sitsipas, who I don't like, has a chance. But Nadal will be my pick if it were gun to my head. I have to be right. I would, my two winners would be Halep and Medvedev because I'm not going to gamble on this. And because they both have a chance, my actual picks are going to be Coco Goff and Nadal. Those are my two picks. But if it was, my family's been kidnapped. They only get released if you're right. Then I would go Halep on the women's side and Medvedev on the men's side. There's the tennis corner. By the way, if you think, Next Monday, we're not doing a tennis corner when we're halfway through the U.S. Open. You're crazy. And if you think the following week, which will be the first show, the first day after week one of the NFL, if you think we're not squeezing in a couple minutes after we've had the men's and women's U.S. Open final that weekend, then you don't know this show. All right, what's next? All right, man. Uh, Listen, I don't need your enthusiasm. I don't need it. So uh, we got Tua connected with Tyreek Hill. What's the a- name of the segment we're doing here? Oh, I'm free. I'm so sorry, guys. We are playing right or wrong. There you go. My apologies. New studio. Yeah. Uh, Tua connected to Tyreek Hill on a deep ball in the preseason and social media went nuts. But this ball was like seriously underthrown. I think they're overreacting. But right or wrong. This is the start of something very beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to say wrong. I- of course you are. Listen, I, I said I would take Tua number one overall in his draft. Over Joe Burrow. I would love to be able to stand on that opinion. (laughs) Stand on it. I just don't think it's going to work. And I think Tyreek's going to get super frustrated. And I understand that every, you know, the the whole Miami Dolphins organization is behind Tyreek, or behind Tua, pardon me. I don't buy it. I also don't think severely underthrown is totally fair. It was a little underthrown. But they did connect on it on the first play of the preseason of that game. I'm happy for him. But no, I don't think it's the start of something beautiful. Next. 
All right. So reports are Utah is trying to trade Donovan Mitchell before the season starts. Right or wrong, Spider will be a, a Nick by October. Oh, by Spider, I, I mean Donovan Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think that's absolutely right. I think he will be. I think this trade eventually gets done. Okay. First of all, I hope it gets done because we're doing this show from my wife's store in Harlem. And there's this nice gentleman named Flash oh. who helps my wife out with stuff like cleans up in front of the store, does little stuff for us. He, every single day I see him, and I'm not going to do his accent. He is a very, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Is a very <laughs> colorful Caribbean accent. He asked me, are we going to get Donovan? Yeah. What are they doing? Trade. And he called him today. He called him DJ. Said trade DJ. What he means RJ. RJ right. Yeah, trade him. You know who is really nervous about this, but I do think the trade's going to happen. I think everything's right now in a holding pattern, but it's going to happen. You know who's really nervous about this trade? Quentin Grimes? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. 100%. Quentin Grimes was DeMonze's teammate <laughs> on Basketball University, which was an AAU team in Texas. Quentin Grimes was a top five recruit, went to KU, it didn't work out. Right. Had an amazing first game and then, like, didn't work out for him. Yeah. Transfers to Houston and is awesome. Gets him, I think, to the Elite Eight. Yep. Is awesome. But he would have been, if it would have been back when you can go straight from high school to pro, would have been probably a top five pick. Instead, I'm going to look it up real quick. I think he was a late, late first rounder. He might have been a second rounder. I'm going to... uh I'm going to check real quick. Whatever it is, it was, you know, it's tough if your college career doesn't go the way you were projected to. Your drafts, he's the 25th pick of the draft. So he probably could have been top five instead he goes 25th. But with the Knicks, he's been really good. Right. He's been way better than you would expect a late first round pick to be. So the Jazz really want him in this trade. Imagine being Quentin and you're like becoming a, not a star, but maybe on your way to being a star in New York City. And they might trade you to Salt Lake City. <laughs> so he, this is where it's like victim of his own success. If he had been a little worse, yeah, then maybe the Jazz wouldn't care about him. But I think he's probably going to be in the trade. Oof, I feel for you, Quentin. That's tough. It's tough go. Now, let me find one bright side. Utah's going to be so bad, and they're going to play just young guys. Definitely going to build up that he, resume. Well, yeah, he could average 20 points. Right. He could be one of their primary scores. But yes, I think the trade happens. All right, what's next? Uh, Aaron Donald swung helmets in a brawl with the Bengals at a, at a joint, sorry, practice. at a joint practice last week. Right or wrong, having a Super Bowl rematch as a preseason practice is a bad idea. I think that's obviously right that it's a bad idea. Yeah. I also think that there are, so I know it's practice and not a game. But there were a lot of people who were demanding Miles Garrett be criminally prosecuted for hitting Mason Rudolph on the head. That's the, the quarterback helmet. of the. Uh... Well, Mason Rudolph was the quarterback for the Steelers. Miles Garrett's the guy who hit him right, with the helmet, the defensive end for the Browns. It's a couple of years ago. He got suspended six games, and they were demanding he be criminally prosecuted. Aaron Donald went double coconuts, oh. went two helmets, and was unhinged right and he's not going to get in any trouble because the nfl evidently can't suspend you for stuff you do at practice which i actually think is a good rule because then it it's a i hate this term but it's a slippery slope to you know if you fight your own teammate are you in trouble those right. types of things um but donald gets himself up 
to such like a, a froth when he's playing and he's so big and so strong, I think it would be really, really, I think part of the reasons he's so great is I think he scares other NFL players. <laughs> like, have you seen the drill he does where with the one with the gr- grab in the neck? The, yeah. Back? Hitting him in the neck. Yeah. Like he's just so he's so dominant that guys do whatever it takes to try to slow him down. And he gets himself up to such a fervor that, yeah, but to answer the question, yeah, you shouldn't have a Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Of course, guys, the, you know, guys are going to be chippy. All right, what's last? Uh, this, this weekend, the Ravens mascot got injured in a football game and had to be carted off. And the Braves mascot stiffed-armed about five children. Yeah. Right or wrong, mascots need to stop playing football. No, that's totally wrong. First of all, I love the Braves mascot just housing these. Kids. I, it's amazing. It's <laughs> such a great. The first one is gold, man. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it with us. If you're not, then it, apologies. I think he was like, man, I want to just house some kids. <laughs> right. And he, get the mascot costume on. Nobody can say anything to you. As far as the Ravens mascot, that seems like a workers' comp issue. <laughs> I mean, I feel the and. The fact that he stayed in character yeah. on the cart yes. is amazing. It is. And he didn't take the Raven head off. He was 100%. like, no, I got to stay as this thing, even though I just blew out my knee. Did you see? They didn't say anything about it in the rundown. But did you see the mascot that did like the summer? He did like three or four flips and, and his helmet fell off. Yeah. And he like stayed on the ground. Yeah, because you're, exactly, you're not supposed to. Yeah. yeah you, you can't you can't lose your, your helmet. Did uh, I don't know if you remember this but you remember when your youngest sister uh when she would have either mickey or minnie come to her birthday parties man there was nothing funnier nothing funnier than in houston after was it was it mickey here it was either houston new york i don't remember she had mickey come to one minnie come to the other right but the guy more, it was. It must be Mickey because it was the guy. I give him all the credit in the world. He didn't ever want there to be a chance that Deanna see him out of costume. So he drove to our house in costume. <laughs> Head on and everything. Can you imagine driving down the road and it was like an old Toyota Tercel and it's Mickey Mouse in full costume? Hey, man, you know exactly what's going on, I feel like. Yeah, or, uh... it was great. It was great. I Listen. I'm a, I'm a big fan of mascots. I am not a big fan of the NFL's top 100. We will dissect that briefly to end of the show next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright from our live news studio. Live from our news studio here in Harlem. I'm Nick. He's Demonte. Usually this last segment, we try to have a little fun. We talk you know, life, non-sports, but it is football season. So the show is going to be a little more sports-centric now that it's football season. And I needed to squeeze this in. A few hours before we recorded this, the NFL released the final 
10 of the top 100 players going into this season. Number one's Tom Brady. That's fine. I, the, I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't rank him number one, but he almost won league MVP last year. He's really good. I'm okay with it. So he's number one. So be it. Number two is Aaron Donald. I'm good with that as well. Aaron Donald arguably could be number one. That's fine. Three is Aaron Rodgers. I don't agree. Four is Cooper Cup. Ugh, you want to, okay. You want to just say he's the best wide receiver. I get it. Five is Jonathan Taylor. Six is TJ Watt. Seven is Devontae Adams. Eight is Patrick Mahomes. Here's the problem. In what world is Patrick Mahomes the eighth best player in football? Where does that exist? And I, it just, it's indefensible. Travis Kelsey is 10, which by the way, shout out to Travis Kelsey. But, and Kelsey's awesome and a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But the gap of value between Kelsey and Mahomes is not one spot, which is Jalen Ramsey. I want to see, just quickly, I'm going to check the how the, so quarterbacks, just quarterbacks. They have Brady one, Rodgers two, Mahomes three. Josh Allen four, Joe Burrow five, Matthew Stafford six, Lamar seven, Justin Herbert eight. That's way too low for Herbert, in my opinion. Dak nine. Maybe a touch high for Dak. Kyler, 10. Russell Wilson, 11. I actually agree with that. Derek Carr, 12. Mac Jones, 13. Okay. The list has gone off the rails. But having Mahomes on this, here are the rankings that he has had since he's been in the league, right? So 2019, which was after his unbelievable year, after his unbelievable rookie season, when he had 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, one league MVP, they ranked him fourth. And if you remember, that next year, he scored a touchdown in a playoff game and counted off one, two, three, four. So he's like, oh, I'm the fourth best player in the league, huh? Last year, after the Super Bowl, or I'm sorry, the next year, after winning the Super Bowl, they ranked him fourth again. They then they said he was fourth. They had Lamar Jackson number one, Russell Wilson, number two, and they had him fourth. Going into last year, they had him number one, rightfully, and now they drop him to eight. Justin, just an outrage. And Patrick doesn't have, like, Patrick's done a really good job of protecting his image and his brand, and he's a really good guy. But to say Patrick is sure of himself, or has a bit of an ego, it's probably understating it. You bet your ass there will be a moment this year <laughs> he throws up eight fingers. Yeah. He might try to break the record and have an eight touchdown game just for being <laughs> ranked eighth. Ranking Patrick Mahomes as the eighth best player in football, in my estimation, invalidates the entire list. We will tell you about what, what teams, not players, what teams we think are overvalued and undervalued at the end of the week when we do our gambling show from our brand new studio. We'll be back on Thursday with a regular show, Friday with our first gambling show of the year, all that coming up later this week. And by the time you see or hear this, hopefully there's been some uh, bit of an announcement 
regarding the television show, which I promise will be a positive one. All that's coming up throughout the week. We'll see you guys on Thursday.